0: Hi, I'm Whitney and I'm John. You're listening to Friendly Neighborhood Refugee, a podcast about getting to know refugees for who they are and breaking through cultural, stereotypical, and language barriers.
1: Refugees are covered by the media in overgeneralized and often negative ways. We rarely get a glimpse at who these refugees are as individuals. Our goal with this podcast is to create a space for them to tell a different story, their story.
0: Thanks for tuning in to episode one of Friendly Neighborhood Refugee. Today's episode is with Abdul-Waqil and Farah. They are a Syrian family who resettled in Manchester, New Hampshire, just seven months before our interview. FYI, they learn most of their English in these seven months and we think that you will be very impressed.
1: I just wanna start off by saying that this family is absolutely amazing. We're gonna to get to know them on a deeper level in a few minutes, but we wanted to bring you up to speed on their recent history.
0: abdul Wakil, Farah, and their family are from home Syria. If you've never heard of Homs before, here's what you need to know. Homs is right between Aleppo and Damascus, putting it in the middle of the Syrian Civil War. This war has torn apart the country, but Homs, because of its strategic location, was destroyed early on.
1: Abdul-Khil and his family lived at the center of the city and were caught in the middle of all of the fighting. They managed to get out of Homs, but just a few hours after they left, their apartment building was destroyed by a missile strike. They ended up fleeing to Egypt, where they lived for four years, until they finally arrived in Manchester, New Hampshire.
0: Like I said, they've spent the last seven months learning English and are both anxious to start working and contributing to American society.
1: And that's where our interview picks up. You're going to hear the voices of five people in this uh, in, in this recording. Myself, Whitney, Abduakil, Farah, and Dana Hashem, who's my cousin and who also introduced us to uh, this wonderful couple. <laughs> can you describe what you worked in like in the fact in in the the factories in in syria yes what what was your job
2: i'm electronic engineer and uh, uh, generally in syria electronic and electrical engineer i are together Mm -hmm. so i i worked in industrial control systems this is my main job and uh, in BLC, it's, it's uh, also related to industrial control. And I uh, designed many uh, electronic circuits uh, for, in g- for general machines. And, and uh, then in the f- uh, last five years in Syria, I was a technical manager for one of biggest plastic companies in Syria. Then when, when uh, we uh, moved to Egypt, I work with company in designing electronic circuit for elevators oh my goodness okay so i i designed many electronic circuit to control with elevators and uh, also another electronic circuit for rescue system for elevators this if the bars uh, goes down the elevator will not stop it will continue to the nearest floor
1: mm-hmm. oh wow
2: yes and uh, this is uh, what I made in Egypt, and it's it's very specific, war, uh, very specific job. So, did you designed
1: the safety mechanism?
2: Yes, for I, for elevators. To it's it named rescue system Risk or rescue circuit. Rescue circuit. Yes, this to to help people not to stuck inside the elevator if the power goes down. Then it but will take you to the next yes, floor. Yes, to, to the nearest the floor. nearest floor. Nearest yeah. floor. We need those in here. Yeah. Yes, u- That's <laughs> important. That's <laughs> very. Important. It, it uses battery, oh, okay. battery to, uh, and the inverter to change the <clears throat> electricity from battery to to move the motor of elevator.
1: So is that is that an invention? Like you invented that circuit?
2: It's it's not invention there is uh, some other company make made that mm. but you designed it but I designed it yes it's it's not easy job yeah. but it's uh, nice and uh, it's very good also in Egypt and maybe in our countries because the electric, electric power not stable not very stable <laughs> <clears throat> so it's important yeah well it's you important know, here I too me too <laughs> uh, it's
1: funny you should say that because in our old apartment uh, we, we used to live in a in a part, section of New York called Brooklyn and the elevator power would go out all the time and and people <laughs> like would in get Syria. stuck yes. yeah 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 mm-hmm. people would get stuck on the elevators and you'd uh. hear them like ringing the alarm bell and it wasn't mm-hmm. that super, it wasn't very loud so yeah. like people would be stuck in there for hours just on oh, like, Yeah, yes. <laughs> and so like this thing this this circuit that you designed
2: it would be very useful here. <laughs> 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 yes, it's, uh, when when bar goes down, the elevator will stop. Then this electronic circuit will decide <coughs> yeah. which uh, nearest floor, maybe the, the lower floor or the upper floor, One. which nearest floor, and then move elevator to, toward this nearest floor. Then it's uh, st- uh, stop the elevator and open the door to let uh, people goes out. Goes out.
1: I told you my dad, he, he used to work in, in making printers, right? Yes. And he would design and build... Well, he would design... What he would do is he would design the printers. Yes. Um, on, on a computer, or on paper. And then um, the, that design was his.
2: You know, oh yes yes i understand that and then yes. you would and then like yeah and, and someone else would build it but mean,
1: yes. the design was his yes, yes. that, yes. that
2: means nobody can take this design and and, and put his name and on, oh. on it, right that's it. yes yes
1: so is yes. that
2: yeah. you, you, it's it's not clear in syria and <laughs> in <this. laughs> but that's essentially
1: that's what you 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 did you created this safety system yes elevators. and, and
2: uh, until now until now my my uh, circuits is uh, assembled and uh, fixed it until now because I worked with company and I designed the circuit mm-hmm. for that company yeah. and uh, before uh, when I uh, knew that I lived to United States mm-hmm. uh, I asked some engineer to come and work with this company and I teach him mm-hmm. how to assemble this uh, right. electronic circuits it's designed now ready, but only he assembled it yeah. and, and used it and this company used this uh, circuits until now mm-hmm. they buy it and uh, amazing. so yeah <laughs> that's really
1: cool so just so our audience knows like that it, in a, yeah it, in in america like that's an invention mm-hmm. that yes. that you invented a this is super cool it's <laughs> really cool. amazing like, it's a big deal to i have never invented something I, I mean, <laughs> my dad's really cool he has he has patents on these printers and and uh, and, and so I'm, but what I'm trying to tell you is like, and, and our readers is like, you are an inventor. You invented this, um, this system to safely bring uh, elevators that are out of power to the nearest floor. That's so cool.
2: It's, it's uh, t- to be honest, it's, <laughs> there is some other company make like this. It's a special design, but yes. the idea is exist before. It, exactly. That's yes. okay. Yes.
1: That it still is a, like it's a unique design. Yes. Pa- and you could in pa- here, you could patent that, and it would be yours. like yes, That's pretty right. cool. That's
2: very yes. Cool. So. <laughs> right. It's my design. Yes. That's You're amazing. so humble about it. It's, good. it's so good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's so sorry. So, did you what? Um, what
0: was your education in Syria? Uh,
2: I'm electronic engineer.
0: For, um, did you have to go to college there? Of course. The yes,
2: I went to college for five years. For five years. Okay. Yes, engineering in Syria is five years. Mm-hmm. In college for five years after high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had uh, long experience in factories, mm-hmm. working uh, with many factories. Mm-hmm. Advanced my uh, my career, mm-hmm. and also uh, I teach uh OrCAD program. It's how to design electronic circuit.
1: AutoCAD, you said?
2: ORCAD. Oh, ORCAD. Yes, it's a special program, special for designing electronic circuits. Yeah. Also, I uh, teached some materials for industrial control systems. Okay. In very famous places in Syria.
1: You're a teacher too, you...
2: Yes, I uh, teacher for specialist electronic materials.
1: Highly specialized teacher, or yeah, you could say professor. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Um, that, that is fascinating. That's and right. the, the fact that you're able to go back and like teach other people what you know is pretty cool, too. Do you enjoy that? Do you enjoy teaching others? Of
2: course, yeah. of course, that's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Job, especially when you find that uh, these people, uh, this the student have something new mm-hmm. and uh, after you teach them the, they know how to build some electronic circuit or some to do something new mm-hmm. it's very interesting uh, job but
0: it's yeah. exciting for exciting, them and yes. exciting for you when they get
2: it and yes that's uh, the, uh, make me pleasure mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah good
1: you do what you love
0: uh, how many children do you guys have? we
2: have three, three
1: children.
0: children three mm-hmm. and how
3: what, how old are they now um uh 11, eight, uh, 11 10 and 8 okay. Seven, 10. Yeah. and then were were you did your parents end up coming
2: yes my parents with me okay. my parents yeah, but they that, don't, they okay. don't like tv and radio <laughs> <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> okay. of course so is that who we met your was your my dad?
1: father, your yes. father? <laughs> yes. okay. okay thank you Ez. Um, nice to meet you and your parents are, are still... yes my
3: parents almost. still in Egypt oh they're um, in Egypt now okay mm, yes uh when we, we when we uh, was in Egypt uh, their their house and our house uh, close together so now we travel so they are alone now mm-hmm. it's very difficult mm-hmm. because they love us and my children so they feel like uh, no one in the house. Uh, we are alone, it's difficult. Yeah. And so we hope uh, them to come here. Yeah. Yes, to be together. Yeah. Because we feel warm. Uh, we uh, In Syria, the families are always together. Mm-hmm. Yes, so the parents and the children and uh, another relation like aunts, or mm-hmm. like this so um, we we hope them to to come here to to be together to feel warm mm-hmm. so this is difficult for us they are in Egypt and we are here Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's
2: very difficult situation for us and for especially for children yeah. for our children because yes. they they uh, most of their time in, in their grandparents' house, yes. Mm. Mm. It's very difficult for them mm. now. Every day they wake up, we, we dream that my grandmother mm. came to here, my father's yeah. uh, grandmother. Yes, so it's uh, every day also they, they call them, yes, on, every day on, the, on internet them. and uh, yes, mm-hmm. to speak with them. Sometimes they cry, mm. and <laughs> yeah. we we hope they will come to here. It's a difficult situation too because we, we were very we were one family and now separated yes
3: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: mm-hmm. so we hope and uh, here it's long procedure for that
1: yeah. so so your parents are still waiting they've applied but they're still waiting to hear
2: back they applied in United Nations Okay. not in uh, IOM mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. here in uh, International Institute we filled application okay. Okay. for them and and we hope uh, yeah. they will to here. they will we hope come that. to here we hope yeah. that too.
3: Mm-hmm. but we don't know the time
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if you had the opportunity to go back to Syria like best case scenario would you want to yeah. go would you want to go home or is that home still or is this home now does that make
2: sense it's uh, makes sense uh, now we are very lucky here we feel very comfortable here. Yeah very like with people with country Mm -hmm. but our memory are in syria yeah our our relatives there is a few relatives now in syria most of them outside but our memory our childhood and uh, our building it's destroyed but there is some area for we belong to us Mm -hmm. so of course uh, we dream to to go back to Syria to rebuild Syria, mm-hmm. especially for, uh, for my my parents, or my father, when he find some uh, he uh, he have a store in Syria, yeah. and we find when we went uh, when we go here to some stores, if he find some tools is good for his job, he <laughs> buy it and put it in yeah. his room to <laughs> <laughs> to, to yeah. bring it to Syria <laughs> when he uh, yeah, go, back. go back. Yes. <laughs>
1: What are
2: your dreams and goals? Best case scenario. Yes, we have uh, always people when people effective people generally Mm -hmm. have great dreams. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have. uh, Of course, I have great dreams to first to be a manager for because I I was manager in uh, in Syria and hope here to be a manager for great company maybe a quality control manager does that because. mean you manage people yes yeah, okay and to then say. my hope to, to have my own company mm-hmm.
1: yeah
2: i hope that yeah uh, and of course to have, uh, this company in electronic field mm-hmm. because this is my field. <clears throat> i hope that it need time mm-hmm. and it need to graduate because mm-hmm. here i start from zero mm-hmm. Because I have a good experience, but here it's something different. Mm-hmm. I want to, to rebuild mm-hmm. my experience. Uh, and uh, first, I want to work in, with some company to, to know the rules. And uh, of course, I'll work for maybe a long time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, my, my hope to to have my own company. Awesome. And for my wife, he has a great hope.
3: Yes. <coughs> For me, I want to complete learning English when my language be good or perfect. Uh, I My goal, I want to study psychology because it's very <coughs> important to help the people. I think feeling it's very important. If my feeling is good, my body is good. If my feeling is sick, my body, of course, be sick. So uh, this is my goal. I like to help people. I like to help them in uh, very important things in their life. So this is my goal, and I hope to to go to this goal.
0: (laughs) If everyone in America was listening, they're not, I promise. But if they were, (laughs) what would you want them to know, either about you or about refugees or about your experience?
2: yes uh, here uh, many people don't know whose refugee came to america they're afraid Mm -hmm. from refugee because they don't know them Mm -hmm. i want to say that people came to here are not came directly i came are came according to long period of investigations Mm -hmm. Uh, also i want to say that people came to here are normally positive people they don't like to wait for help, and uh, they want. They like to to work, to have a jobs, to be positive, to contribute other peoples, to build with other peoples, to pay taxes like other peoples. So, they they are positive, like others. And <coughs> another thing I want to say, I it's it's here clear. People afraid from refugee and ab- afraid from Muslim refugee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, something related to media. They focus on on some bad things happened from some criminal people, mm-hmm. and they say they are Muslims. I know that this is f- f- some of them from Muslim countries, mm-hmm. but uh, like I want to say about so-called Islamic state. I S S. They are. It's clear for us. They are criminal people, mm-hmm. not related to Islam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah But some people uh, don't recognize here the difference between Islam and between these those people. Mm-hmm. They are criminal, clearly not <coughs> related to Islam. Uh, in 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 Islam, uh, God says to Prophet, uh, "We uh, we sent you." Only to be merciful for the worlds in Arabic it's, it's only to be merciful for the worlds, not for Arab people, not for some community, for humankind, and not only for humankind, not for world world, for worlds that means for humankind, for plants, for animals for environments mm-hmm. all religions the, the main things in all religions is to be safe with other people if I pray that's for myself mm-hmm. but what you want from me is to, to have high ethic with you with you, mm-hmm. good relation with other people mm-hmm. and this is the main things in Islam and uh, our Prophet said is, uh, the, the people who is very close to me who's high the highest ethics this is the the main mission of islam Uh, it's very very clear but now media make it confused Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this is this thing i i i happy to to say that to 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 make people know about Mm -hmm. islam what's islam what's the difference between islam and between these bad people, criminal people, not related to any religion. Right. Mm-hmm. There is no religion for terrorism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah.
3: In Syria, we always like to, to help people and uh, uh, to be good with the people because that's important things in Islam. or is That's important things to be good. So. Um, here we we need to to be like this mm-hmm. because all the people they are human. Mm-hmm. So uh, when when we travel to any country, we must to be like this mm-hmm. to help people, to be good with another people, to work, to study, to to make anything good in this life. <laughs>
1: you know after listening to that um the interview i just you just can't help but feel like this family is it was just amazing
0: yeah yeah they're incredible yeah <laughs> we spent um about two hours with the family um not all of it was recorded but a lot of it was and um you know as we're trying to kind of get our footing on this podcast we had to kind of narrow it down and cut a few parts out and we hope that Abdul-Wakil and Farah would feel like this was an accurate representation of the interview and that um, we didn't manipulate anything they said but we did have to cut it down a little bit Um, but there are just a few things that we wanted to highlight that didn't quite make it into the the podcast.
1: Like their kids for example. (laughs) Their kids are amazing and I wish there's a point when we were recording we ended up stop stopping the recording just because their kids came in and we just wanted to like talk to them and and get to know them and it was uh and play yeah <laughs> and it, and it became this show and tell
0: and they like they brought in their inventions and their projects and their toys that they've made
1: yeah this fan like this is a family of inventors i kid you not
0: <laughs> creators for sure yeah
1: for example, uh, the, I think their oldest son, uh, it's, I think it's their oldest son, he literally built a scooter. It's
0: a, their youngest son. Oh, it's yeah. the youngest son. Uh-huh. Okay,
1: yeah. He literally built a scooter.
0: Well, and he came in and told us, he, he was like, yeah, I built a scooter with a fan. First of all, their, their English is fantastic. Amazing, the, yeah. the kids, are they're doing awesome. But he told us he built a scooter with a fan on it, and we're kind of picturing like, oh, he made like a... He attached like a pinwheel to a to a, a scooter. scooter. Right. No, no. He like built a scooter with a motorized fan. Like he built a um an like a mach- like a little engine for the fan.
1: Yeah, and this this is a serious fan, like blowing like cool air into your face. Like the <laughs> yeah. scooter is built from a, t- a tabletop and then like a leg, using the legs as as a handle, and then he had a light on it as mm-hmm. well. So if he like pushed two wires to uh, a certain position. Um, the light would turn on and then the fan would turn on
0: uh-huh. and he
1: and he had two wheels attached to the bottom and he just
0: and, and I mean he built it all just from like scrap materials that he found and yeah just completely came out. I mean he said he got his dad's help a little bit he asked him a few questions but he basically did it on his own and yeah yeah and I mean the other two kids brought in They one of them had built a house and one of them had created all these little animals with rubber bands I mean they, they make their own toys because they, yeah. they love to do that and because they're just so creative and
1: awesome. It was super cool.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think it kind of represents their whole family. They're all just like such go-getters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This carpe diem sort of thing. Um one of the things that we thought was really interesting about the family and and just says a lot about them is all the scholarships that they received um
0: it, Yeah, they Abdul yeah. and farah mentioned that they were um, learning English. Well, they're learning it in a at a local college where they receive scholarships, and that was because they sought those out and went yeah. and when it applied for them. They're really, really um, excited to learn English and to get back into working and feel like they they are able mm. to contribute.
1: Yeah, one of the things we also, I wish we could have had time to include was uh, Abdul Akhil talking about um, just kind of what his plans are now. Once they are done learning English, which they're pretty stinking close yeah. <laughs> to that, Uh, but once they're done learning English he wants to look for a job in electronic engineering and um, and Farah is looking to go to school to be a psychologist you heard that in the uh, in the interview but that's like the next step is to is to enter the workforce and contribute to society yeah yeah oh that that was one thing he they say a a lot and I I don't think it's enough I don't really know if it's in the uh, interview that much but they talk about how Syrians love to refresh the area that they live in, and um, and it's very true. He just wants to he just wants to get out there and provide benefit to the society,
0: and, like bloom where you're planted.
1: Bloom where thing. you're planted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Something we also talked about um, in their experience coming over here was, you know, he said nobody chooses to be a refugee. Um, he was just saying you know how hard it was they they fled their country because that was their only option and they had nothing left and and that was what they had to do
1: yeah I think their family I think that there's this misconception that people all up and 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 they just kind of up and move and say hey I'm a refugee now Mm -hmm. and that it's never a choice is what he was saying and it's always yeah you've lost everything you have nowhere else to go, and in fact, it's it's very humiliating to be to have to say that you are a refugee. I mean, he uh, no, it's he came from uh, what he came from having a a flat, uh, multiple businesses. I mean, he, he he's a
0: professor. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's
1: a teacher at prestigious universities, and and a lot of people don't like to even. But he was saying that a lot of people don't like to. Uh, even claim the status of refugee just because it, it, it really means they have nowhere, after, nowhere left to turn Yeah. and as heartbreaking as that sounds um, the fact that they're able to come here and can contribute to American society is a huge blessing I think for us as a country
0: Yeah. Well, and so later in the season, we're going to talk to someone who helps with resettling refugees. But something that we learned um, is that refugees are essentially handpicked by um, the United Nations as to who can come, who can be a refugee, be a resettled refugee, and then also where they come. And the United States refugee process is very stringent. And the people who come here are like the top of the top, like, you know, and, and meeting this family you know they they kept saying they're like we're so lucky we don't know how why we got chosen and we're talking to them we're like of course you got chosen like you're amazing like you're a
1: family of inventors
0: <laughs> a family of, like smart intelligent um well spoken inventors and um we're so lucky to have you here and it kind of I guess after we left the interview John and I were thinking like would we be accepted if we were in the other position. That's a
1: sobering question. Yeah. And honestly,
0: like probably not. I don't like, know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um but I guess yeah that that just made me think, you know, we're they feel lucky to be here, but honestly I I think we're lucky to have them.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And that was I think kind of part of our um inspiration behind this podcast is that In the media refugees are often talked about instead of talked to Um, that kind of seems to be in the narrative and so we started this as a way to start talking to refugees and um, we encourage our listeners to do the same
1: yeah you you know you're you might you're probably listening to this interview and you're thinking wow I really want to know Abdul Akhil and Farah Uh, and yeah you should they're great people but my uh, guess is that there is an Kiel and farah in your community yeah and there there's a family just like them that's near you and uh i guess it's our hope that you would go out find them and and talk to them and get to know them because uh yeah they are amazing human beings and they're they're your next door neighbors they're your friendly neighborhood refugees
0: As another part of this podcast, we want to highlight organizations that you can reach out to and donate to if you are looking for a place to donate your time or your money. So this week, we are going to be highlighting Lifting Hands International. It is the organization that first kind of got us involved with the, um, I guess, refugee crisis. They uh, have headquarters in... Phoenix, and also an office in Salt Lake City. And they um, provide refugee aid to Greece, Jordan, and they help resettle refugees once they're in the United States. So if you're in either of those areas and are looking for a place to donate your um, time and your talents, then look them up. If you're looking for a place to donate your money, then please hit them up as well. Um, Their website is liftinghandsinternational.org. And you can find them on Instagram at, at lifting hands international. And it's really, these grassroots organizations are really great because they don't have all of the red tape or politics that um, some of the bigger organizations do and they have a lot less overhead. So donating to them can really make a huge difference. Um, so if there's any way you can reach out and set up a recurring donation, that really helps like a monthly, even if it's only five or 10 or $15 per month, it really helps them with their budgeting and to be able to um, make a huge impact so look out for them Lifting Hands International
1: and uh, next week we're going to be talking to a uh, Somalian refugee named Hadith he's a musician so be sure to tune in then uh, we've, we've got some great songs uh, he's recorded for us and uh, as well as an interview about who he is and his life um, so first things first be sure to follow us uh, and to, uh, on Instagram we're at Friendly Neighborhood Refugee Um, also subscribe to our podcast and uh, get the latest greatest uh, and share it uh, yeah and please please share it but if nothing else if you do none of that do this one thing look for the Farahs and abdul in your community go out talk to them Um, they're they're probably right next door like we said Uh, you never know Um, but go seek them out get to know them and uh, and we we can promise you it's gonna make your life so much happier.
0: It is. Uh, special thanks this week to.
1: Let's see, my my mom and dad they lent me their they lent us their car, Thank so you, Jill we could and go. Dave. Thanks, Jill and Shout Dave. Shout out to them. Yeah, uh, my cousins Owen and Dana for re- making these interviews possible. Um, us
0: sleep in their house. Yeah, we slept <laughs>
1: in their house. That was awesome too. Um, they made us breakfast too which is great that was <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here oh thanks special thanks to Corbin for mixing um, anyone who and oh also to the uh, to Abdul Akil and their family for letting us into their home and bringing a microphone and talking to us and getting to know us as we got to know them um, we're so grateful for that opportunity um, and anyone else who has uh, helped out to make this uh, this podcast possible. Thank you so much. Tune in next week. When we're going to be talking to Hadith. Uh, thanks. This has been Friendly Neighborhood Refugee. Thanks for tuning in.